Welcome to the Bible Questions podcast brought to you by BibleQuestions.org and the Holly Street Church of Christ. This podcast is dedicated to answering your Bible questions from the Bible. My name is Jeff, and along with Brian, we are the hosts of this program. Hello, thanks for joining the Bible Questions podcast. Today you have Brian, Allen, and Jeff. Really uh, looking forward to this series, guys. And before we get into all the what we're going to talk about, let me just first say good morning, Jeff. Look forward to another topic with Alan. He always kind of helps us to mix things up a bit, right, and, and bring some unique subjects that maybe we don't necessarily cover in our weekly podcast. Uh, in, indeed. And in fact, just kind of looking ahead at today's subject, we're, uh, we're covering one that spans, in many ways, both Old and New Testaments. So definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, and Alan, thanks for joining us again. We really appreciate your willingness to come on and share with us some different lessons. And I think it's good for our listeners to hear a different voice, right? They always hear Jeff and I, and you often bring a different perspective or at least a different way of presenting the material. So let me just say good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, on this podcast. Yeah, good morning, and thanks for inviting me back. Always enjoy sharing these things with our listeners. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, in fact, we have a a multi-part series planned to talk about prophecy. And so what we thought we would do is kind of start out by talking about prophets. Who are the prophets? Why did God use prophets? And we'll cover some basics to kind of lay the groundwork, like, you know, the difference between the major and minor prophets, the purpose they served for the Lord, and those sorts of things. So why don't we just kick it off, Alan? I'll hand it over to you, and we can just get into it. Sure. Yeah, that's wonderful. Let me just begin by making an observation, and that is most people, when they hear the word prophecy, they're thinking about the prediction of future events that God has allowed his prophets to reveal to them. But the the reality is, is that every book of the Old Testament was written by a prophet, because the word prophet means a spokesman for God. So when we read Genesis or Exodus or any of the books in the Old Testament, we're reading prophecy, even though most people would think that, no, no, wait, prophecy means predictions of the future. But it doesn't actually mean that. Uh, Peter kind of sums it up. I'd like to read this verse, and, and you guys can comment on it after. But uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, it says, We have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so this passage really outlines the, the nature of prophecy and what we might call God offering up sterling validation that everything in the Old Testament, which again, everything in the Old Testament is prophecy. And so let's get away from the idea that prophecy is only the messianic prophecies in the Old Testament because he's actually speaking about the entire Old Testament itself. Well, and I think many people today, when they hear the word prophecy, they may think of, oh, telling something about the future. And as as we'll kind of get into today and maybe in our next podcast, sometimes that is true. But oftentimes it's just God speaking through the prophet to talk to the people in their current situation. So it's a, it kind of covers both. Yeah, and that's that's an excellent observation. 
You know, one other thing that came to my mind as you read that passage, Alan, is that the other thing that we know is that the Holy Spirit has been involved since the beginning. And I know, you know, we're not going to be talking necessarily about the Holy Spirit, but as you mentioned, you know, men were moved or led or guided, if you will, by the Holy Spirit. And sometimes people think, well, that was only after Jesus left and he promised to send the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit has been involved since the beginning. So even when we look at the old law, the Holy Spirit was involved in revealing that truth as well. Yes, and that's exactly what this this particular passage is dealing with, is that no prophecy ever came by the will of man. So when Moses wrote the book of Genesis, it wasn't Moses who was writing it. Obviously, it couldn't have been because he wasn't there. He hadn't been born yet. This was the Holy Spirit giving him the information. And so when we read in Genesis chapters 1 and 2 about the creation this is not Moses' take on the creation. This is not Moses' uh, ideas on the creation. This is the Holy Spirit's actual description of what happened in the creation. And once we understand the nature of prophecy, that it covers everything in the Old Testament, even the New Testament, it, we talk about the apostles and prophets because the books in the New Testament were written by the apostles, but also even in the New Testament, we have prophets. And we'll talk about that a little bit more also uh, in, this, in this podcast. But I think it's really important for us to realize just how comprehensive the idea of prophecy is as we go into the Old Testament. So we want to begin with the last 17 books of the Bible, of the Old Testament, excuse me. The last 12 books are the minor prophets, and the five books before that are the major prophets. And of course, for those of you who weren't aware of this, the difference between a major prophet and a minor prophet is only in the length of their books. The books of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and Daniel are, are much longer books than the what we call the 12 minor prophets. And so everything in Isaiah, everything in Jeremiah, as far as God is concerned, it's, it's prophecy. Although Isaiah chapter 53 is actually a prediction of the coming Messiah, but there are multiple chapters that have to do with the wickedness of Israel and the need for Israel to repent. And so there's much more to the prophets than the things that Christians are so interested in today, which are the prophecies about our dispensation or about our relationship with God. Yeah, and beyond the prophets that you mentioned, there are other prophets as well, right? So we sometimes don't necessarily think of people like Moses and Samuel and David as prophets, but they also were prophets, weren't they, along with other men? Yeah, and that was going to be the next point. That's an excellent segue into what we're going to talk about next, because when Jesus was warning the Pharisees about the coming judgment upon them, in Luke chapter 11, he says that the blood of all the prophets shed from the foundation of the world should be required of this generation from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. Now, Abel, we wouldn't normally think of Abel as a prophet. But by Jesus saying this, what we're now told is, is that the Holy Spirit was guiding uh, Abel as he was talking to Cain. And the reason that the blood 
that the blood of all the prophets, well, the first act of persecution and the first death of a prophet was all the way back with the first two sons of Adam and Eve. And so prophets started immediately, immediately after the creation, the first person who was a prophet was Abel. And then very quickly, uh, we learn that Enoch was a prophet. So, Jeff, why don't you read uh, Jude 1, verses uh, 14 and 15, please? Sure. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of all their works of ungodliness, which they have ungodly wrought, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So, once again, he wrote no books. Matter of fact, we don't know much about Enoch, except that uh, God translated him and that he walked with God, and he did not see death. But here we have Jude revealing to us, again, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that Enoch gave a prophecy. And the prophecy deals with the coming judgment and how God is going to come and he is going to execute judgment upon all, which, interestingly enough, is the primary theme of the New Testament. We must all stand before the judgment bar of God, and God commands all men everywhere to repent because he's going to judge the world. And so here we have a prophet, the seventh from Adam. So the, the second from Adam, which would be Abel, and the seventh from Adam, which would be Enoch, we, again, we don't really think of it this way, but they were speaking by inspiration, and that's why they were called prophets. And then the next prophet is Abraham. So God told Abimelech that he is a prophet. So Abraham was a prophet. So what do we learn now? We learn that Abel was a prophet, Enoch was a prophet, and Abraham was a prophet. They wrote no books. But when they spoke by God, then they were considered to be a prophet. And so prophecy is simply speaking as God's mouthpiece or speaking from God. That's what, that's what the basic definition of uh, a prophet is. And we'll see this a little bit more a little bit in a moment. Then, of course, we have a lot of prophets who wrote no books, and some of them we know about. Uh, Nathan was sent to David after his sin with Bathsheba to warn him and to show him that you are the man. You are the one who stole this sheep and had it killed, and the, as the parable proclaimed, making application of how David had stolen Uriah's wife and then put Uriah to death. So Nathan, and then we have Elijah, we have Elisha, which again, these two prophets are very well known. Uh, they didn't make any predictions of the future. Their primary role was to stand up against the wickedness of Israel and take a stand. And of course, Elijah had that great contest with the prophets of Baal and where they built the altar and they poured water on it and water on it and water on it and then he prayed for God to light that on fire and it says even the the stones were were burning so and of course Elisha was the prophet who raised 
someone from the dead. So we see even in the Old Testament the development of prophecy, miracles, the combination of the two in order for God to get the people to understand these prophets are for me. These are not false prophets. These are not prophets who you can't have confidence in. I'm going to show you through these prophets uh, the power that I can exert. And of course, again, the goal was to get the people to repent, uh, not necessarily to give us information at this point in the in the unfolding of God's revelation. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, even in, since you mentioned the false prophets, you know, in Old Testament times, you know, God gave, like, you know, several tests uh, that the people could use to, you know, distinguish true prophets from, you know, false prophets. Of course, one was the ability to work, you know, supernatural, you know, miracles. You know, another was, like, to predict the future and have it actually truly come to pass. But I also find it interesting that, that, if I remember correctly, one of the tests was, you know, if they predict the future and it comes to pass and they give you something that's inconsistent with what the other prophets have said, like, hey, let's go off and worship uh, idols that they're to reject the prophet, even though what he said seemed to have appeared to come to pass. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and that's, of course, you're quoting Deuteronomy chapter 18, where God tells the people there that... Uh, there will be prophets who come claiming to be from me, and here's how you will know that they're not from me. If there were two points that he made, the first one, as you pointed out, was that if a man proclaims himself to be a prophet and then starts teaching things that the rest of the scriptures deny, then you know he's a false prophet. The second is if a prophet ever prophesies anything that doesn't come to pass, then I didn't send him, and you don't need to be afraid of him. Which is interesting because what God has done is God has put a powerful, powerful statement here. If you can find one thing that Moses wrote that didn't come to pass, you don't have to listen to any of his books. But God was confident because God knew he would, in fact, make all of these prophecies come to pass. Yeah, and you know, Alan, you had mentioned just the basic definition of a prophet being a spokesman for God. And when you think about, you know, prior to the law of Moses being given and it being formally documented, the only way that men knew what God expected was to speak through somebody to let them know. And so we think about, you know, those patriarchs, you mentioned Abraham. I think it's important for our listeners to understand if they're not aware of this, that prior, once again, to the law of Moses, this is how God let men know what he expected. And we read about that in Hebrews, right, where God talks about, you know, he speaks to us today through his son, Jesus. But prior to that, he spoke through men. And prior to the law of Moses, that was the only way they would know what God expected. Going back to Cain and Abel. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And for those listeners who have heard the expression patriarchal dispensation, mosaic dispensation, and Christian dispensation, it is emphasizing that the first two or three thousand years of existence, there were no books. Moses hadn't come yet. God was speaking directly to the fathers, and so he spoke directly to Abel and Cain. He spoke directly to Noah. He spoke directly to Abraham and told them. He even spoke directly to Jacob, telling him to go on into Egypt because God was going to allow them to stay there for a certain period of time and bring them back. And so, in the first dispensation, 
God revealed his will directly to each prophet. In the second dispensation, the Mosaic dispensation, he revealed his law through the prophet Moses. And Moses revealed everything God wanted them to do, and that that became the standard. And from that day until Jesus died on the cross and put it away, the Old Testament was God's only method of revealing his expectations of man to them through Moses. And all the rest of the prophets who came, they always referred back to Moses' law as the standard. And the same thing is true today. Jesus is the final prophet, and he has given us his law through the apostles and the prophets. And once again, that is the gold standard by which any one of us can know that we're serving God is to follow everything in the New Testament scriptures. Well, and that, you know, I know we want to talk mainly about, you know, Old Testament, you know, prophets and things that they talked about. But, you know, you make an interesting point because I know a lot of people today, you know, claim to have, you know, the gift of prophecy or their prophets or they claim to be writing new scriptures, uh, I, you know, Mormons being a, a good example of that. But as you said, in terms of the gold standard, you know, that's Jesus, as well as, you know, the, the New Testament, uh, apostles and prophets. Yeah, that's right. And the same standards would apply today. If a prophet makes a prophecy and it doesn't come to pass, then that was a false prophecy. So all of these people who have been predicting the end of the world uh, Jehovah's Witnesses told us in 1975 that the world was going to come, or the second coming was going to occur, and it didn't happen. And that means that that was a false prophecy, and from that point on, everybody should have understood that these people are not speaking for God. And the same thing is true with this late great planet Earth and people telling us, and left behind, people telling us that the end of the world is coming and the second coming of Christ, and yet it hasn't come. And if it doesn't come in the generation, then that too was a false prophecy. And the nature of prophecy, I'd like to look at two passages where God explains exactly what a prophet is. Now, those of our, our listeners who are well aware of the life of Moses remember that when God initially appeared to him at the burning bush, Moses was very humble, and he told God several times, I do not think I'm capable or uh, have the ability to become your prophet. And God finally said, all right, here's what we'll do. I want you to use Aaron. So in Exodus chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, he explains to Moses exactly what the nature of a prophet is using himself and using Moses and Aaron as an example. So, Brian, would you like to read if he, Exodus chapter 4, verses 15 and 16? Uh, yes, here it says, Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. All right, so here we have, I guess, what you might call a parable. The parable is, is that Moses was going to give the words to Aaron. Aaron was going to take those words to Pharaoh, 
And in this respect, that's exactly how God and his prophets work. Now, he makes it even clearer in Exodus chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. And Jeff, why don't you read that, and then we'll make our application. Okay, Exodus 7, 1 and 2. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron your brother shall tell Pharaoh. Almost like a, 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 a relay chain from God to Moses to Aaron to Pharaoh. Yes, but the, the critical thing here is, is the understanding of what a prophet is. A prophet is a mouth for God. I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron your brother shall be your prophet. And exactly the same way, God made Moses the prophet, and Moses brought his words down to man. And so the basic nature of a prophet is someone who is a mouth for God. His words are not his words. It's just like Peter said, no prophecy of Scripture is a private interpretation, for no man ever, no man ever gave a prophecy from his own heart. It never came by the will of man. Moses did not sit down one day and say, I'm going to come up with the Ten Commandments. Uh, That never happened. None of the things that Moses wrote was of his own will. And so the prophets were speaking, and the words coming out of their mouth were not from them. Their mouth was being used just like a speaker, just like we use a speaker today. If if I'm trying to amplify my voice and I get a speaker system with an amplifier, it's still my voice, it's still my words, even though they're coming out of a speaker. Well, the same thing is true here. A prophet is someone who is has been sent by God to give his words to his people. And again, that's the difference between the Mosaic dispensation and the patriarchal dispensation, because in the patriarchal dispensation, God spoke directly. But in the Mosaic dispensation, he spoke through Moses. Yeah, and you know, Alan, in all of these cases, I think this is such a critical point, because when you think about why was it important that God be the one to dictate everything that man did? Well, first off, it's because it's his will, but also it's to ensure that it's consistent from generation to generation. And so when you think about even when Jesus came to the earth, Jesus didn't bring his own words, so to speak, but he spoke as God asked him to. In fact, he mentions that in John chapter 14. Let me just read something here real quick. Verse 23 and 24, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So Throughout time, God has always been the one to guide through the Holy Spirit exactly what he wanted men to do. In fact, if if you go on, Jesus even talks about how when the Holy Spirit came, he would not speak of his own accord, but he would simply convey exactly what the Father wanted. And so I just emphasize this point because when you think about if men themselves come up with what they think God wants— it just becomes a mess, right? And we see that with all the false religions as we've been talking about. But when God is the only one, even through his Son and the Holy Spirit that conveys exactly what he wants, it ensures consistency and it ensures that we're doing exactly what God had planned. Brian, you make a good point because, you know, certainly we can kind of get a sense that there is some greater 
being deity supernatural you know entity out there you know when we look at the you know complexity of the universe all the way to the complexity for instance of our own bodies and dna etc but in terms of really understanding the true nature of this entity or what he wants for us yeah it takes what we might call special revelation uh, as we've been talking about today that kind of brings up a verse we talked about earlier at the end of these days he has spoken to us through his son so even that verse makes it clear jesus is god's spokesman everything jesus revealed came from god and everything moses revealed came from god and everything that any prophet ever preached came from god that's that was peter's point no man ever spoke of his own will but they were moved by the holy spirit and I think the best illustration of that that I've ever seen is how the first sermon in Acts chapter 2 was preached. And the people are saying, how hear we every man in his own language the wonderful works of God? So Peter is preaching, but he's preaching in different languages, which obviously means he could not be the one doing the preaching because he didn't know those languages. So the Holy Spirit was using Peter's tongue and he was using the rest of the apostles' tongues to reveal God's will and he illustrated to us how important his role was by making them speak in languages they didn't even know. So that helps us understand the nature of a mouth and how when these prophets are speaking, none of their thoughts even enter. It's all of God. Yeah, in some ways, we, today we might use words like, you know, messenger or ambassador, etc., to kind of represent a similar thought, like a message being given to someone to relate to someone else. You know, you don't want the, the messenger in between, you know, changing or altering or corrupting, you know, the, the message that the original person, you know, be it like a president or whatever, wants to relay. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what we are going to now move into because Moses wrote Genesis through Deuteronomy. And those books became the standard by which all the other prophets who came after them referred back to. The only new things that these later prophets revealed are the promises of what God intended to do under the new covenant and so the rest of the time these prophets from that point onward were sent for the specific purpose of bringing the people back to the law of moses which is exactly what preachers are doing today except we don't have inspiration today but our role like theirs is to bring the people back to the law of christ their role was to bring the people back to the law of Moses. But again, the difference is, since God knew they were going to be writing books, he gave them inspiration so that they, their sermons, and some of their sermons were very hard, uh, very harsh, but that's what the people needed to hear. So the primary work of all the prophets from, from the time of Moses on was to bring Israel and warn Israel of the need to repent and the need to stay faithful to God. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting also, Alan, and I don't want to take us down uh, the wrong path here, but I do think it's important to understand that when it comes to 
the role of the prophets, as we've been saying, of course, they're spokesmen for God, but often they were the only ones that could speak to God. You think about priests, the role of priests. You think about the role of prophets. So sometimes you would have a king, like take King Saul. King Saul couldn't necessarily just go to God on his own. He would have to go to Samuel, right, or go to a prophet to ask God, hey, should we go, you know, attack this country or whatever it might be. And so while I know that that can also be kind of a subject in and of itself, who could speak to God prior to Jesus coming? And then, of course, today, we are all priests. We all, through Christ, can speak to God or approach Him in prayer. But under the old law, that was not the case. Not everybody could go to God on the people's behalf. It was normally through a prophet, right? Yeah, the prophets were sent to give the people exactly what God thought of them or exactly what God expected of them or exactly what God wanted them to do. And that's why I think Hebrews 1, again, is so important. At the end of these days, he has spoken to us in his son. And of course, his son sent the apostles and his son sent the prophets. And once they had all passed from the earth, those 27 books that we call the New Testament scriptures, they contain all things that pertain to life and godliness, and they were once for all delivered to the saints. So there are no prophets today. And the idea that God is still sending information is going to have to be understood by Jesus' words, which are that if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. There's a lot of words out there today that are not from Jesus, and they claim to be from prophets, but in one way or another, they always contradict or add something that Jesus didn't say. And any time that happens, we're not dealing with a prophet, we're dealing with a false prophet, because Jesus' words are our absolute standard, just like Moses' were. And when those prophets gave information that wasn't in Moses' law, they were false prophets, and the same thing would be true today. Uh, and I guess in some ways, you know, we should not be surprised that there are people today claiming to speak for God and in a false way. You know, I'm thinking of like, you know, Second Peter 2, verse 1, but false prophets also appeared among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. So, you know, we need to be on our guard today. Yeah, and that's, I can't think of a better way for us to see the importance of staying with the law of Christ than seeing how these prophets were sent for the specific purpose of getting those people back to Moses. And when they didn't go back to Moses, that was a sin that they were going to have to uh, repent over. Oh, and for our listeners who you know may not be as familiar with the Old Testament prophets, you know, if you read some of the history, uh, like in the book of Judges, or in like first and second kings you know the nation of israel had a really hard time staying on track uh, and worshiping the the true god and doing what he said it just seemed like repeatedly uh, they were you know going off into idolatry worshiping false gods and you know sometimes in addition to worshiping the true god uh, but often instead of 
and God was having to, you know, deal with them, you know, time and time and time again to try and, you know, get them back uh, on the right path. You know, so ultimately, you know, he could, uh, you know, bring his son, you know, into the world, you know, through them. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very uh, trying time, so to speak, uh, and needed lots of uh, guidance, if you will, or rebuke, <laughs> or other <laughs> other things to get their attention. Right. All right. So after Moses, Moses again was the prophet who gave God's people everything God expected them to do. And every prophet after him was sent to bring them back to the law of Moses to keep those commandments. And it was interesting at the end of the Jewish nation as they went into captivity, uh, God made some very interesting observations. And I, I want us to look at this because uh, it's really important that we understand when we're reading the Old Testament, we are reading God's words to his people. And many of them are just as valuable to us today as they were when they were given. So let's look at uh, Second, Second Chronicles uh, chapter 36, verses 15 and 16, and just give some careful consideration to what God was trying to do with these prophets. Um, Jeff, we want to read that for us, please. Certainly, Second Chronicles 36. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until there was no remedy. And so with the advent of the prophets, again, starting with Nathan, Nathan was sent to David to do the very thing that he's describing here, to send warnings, to get the people to repent. And it's blessed of David that David did not scoff, he did not despise, he did not mock, he repented, and there was a remedy. But after David, many of the kings and many of the, the people, generations of people, uh, they were given the same chance as David, but they didn't buy it up. And because they didn't buy it up, it brought a very severe penalty upon them. Literally, uh, the ten tribes were taken into Assyrian captivity, and the two tribes that were left, Judah and Benjamin, were sent into Babylonian captivity. And literally, hundreds of thousands of people were killed. And God didn't want that to happen. God did everything he could to keep those people from having to be punished. He loves us. He has compassion on us. When we read about this punishment that God meets out, it's because every other means and method that he has sent has not done what needed to be done. And then finally, it became too late and they had to be punished. But that's the purpose of prophets, is to testify. Now, I want to read uh, in Second uh, Kings chapter 17, and I want to start in verse 13, and I'm going to read down through uh, verse uh, 16. So it says, Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah, by all of his prophets, every seer, saying, 
Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants, the prophets. So in this particular passage, again, this is just before Judah is taken in captivity. The temple is, is torn down and destroyed. All of the articles of the temple are taken to Babylon. And for 70 years, the Jewish nation is in captivity and the temple is no longer working. And he makes the point, and again, this is what we have to understand about the prophets. When we're reading Isaiah, when we're reading Jeremiah or Amos or any of those prophets, we are reading God telling them, turn from your evil ways, keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers. And of course, that's the law of Moses. Now, verse 14, it says, nevertheless, they would not hear, but stiffen their necks like the necks of their fathers who did not believe in the Lord their God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and his testimonies which he had testified against them. They followed idols, they became idolaters, they went after the nations who were all around concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not be like them. So they left all the commandments of the Lord their God, made for themselves a molded image and two calves, and made a wooden image, and worshipped all the host of heaven, and served Baal. So here is God trying to get the people to repent. That's why Amos was sent, and that's where the book of Amos came from. That's why Hosea was sent, and that's where the book of Hosea came from. And that's why Jeremiah was sent, and Isaiah was sent, and Ezekiel, and Daniel. They all had a very critical role in doing exactly what this passage is, and basically pointing back to the law of Moses. And again, it's exactly what we are doing today. Jesus is our prophet, and his apostles and prophets have given us his will, and all we can do today is point people back to that, just like these prophets were commanded to do. Yeah, and you know, it's interesting, Alan, how, as you just stated, you know, God wanted to convict the Israelites and others of their sin. And then sometimes it was to convict a specific person. So I'm thinking about Nathan, you know, the prophet that God sent to David right. to make him aware of the heinous sin that he committed with Bathsheba and, and against Uriah when he had him murdered. And so, you know, God once again was in control of the situation, but wanted to make sure that men understood when they were doing anything contrary to his law, it could even be a king like David, he would send a prophet to, we might say, set things straight, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. God loves his people. And sadly, the only thing often his people need to hear is repent. Just like what Paul's told the Athenians, that God has commanded all men everywhere to repent. Inasmuch as he is appointed a day in which he will judge the world, and he's given assurance to all men by raising Jesus from the dead. So the purpose is to get the people back on track so that he can bless them. There's a passage in Deuteronomy that talks about all the blessings if they keep the law of Moses and all the curses if they don't keep the law of Moses. And these prophets were sent to remind them that those curses will be coming if you do not repent and get back to the law of Moses. 
Now, in, in Jeremiah chapter uh, 7, he also makes it very clear uh, what the role of the prophets were and really what most of the Old Testament is dealing with, and that is getting back to God through keeping the law. All right, uh, Brian, why don't you read uh, Jeremiah seven twenty-five through 27? Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. So once again, you, you can hear in God's voice here just a, a, a sadness and yet a sternness that I have sent I've done everything I could for you. I have done everything to bring you back to me. I've sent you all my prophets since the since the day you came out of the land of Egypt. And they've rose up early, but you did not obey or incline your ear, but stiffened your neck. And therefore, you shall speak these words to them, but they won't obey you. But again, my central purpose is not really to teach the book of Jeremiah. My, my central purpose is helping our listeners to understand the role that God had given to these prophets. So, whereas Isaiah 53 talks about the coming of the Messiah, and a little bit in chapter 9, and a little bit in chapter 6, but the 66 chapters of the book of Isaiah were written for this purpose, to send the prophets to warn them. Uh, remember Second Chronicles 36, the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people. So when he sent Hosea to the ten tribes just before they're destroyed, that was its purpose. When he sent Amos to the ten tribes before their destruction, that was the purpose. So when you read Amos, there's only three or four verses in there that are messianic. But the whole book is prophecy. When you read Hosea, same thing, just a few verses that are prophecies for the future. The rest of the book was prophecy for those people in that day to avert the terrible coming of Assyria, the complete destruction of their nation, and the carrying them off into slavery for them to remain for the rest of their lives. So God was trying to protect them. And this is one of the things people don't understand about God. We see the wrath of God, but oftentimes we don't realize the compassion and the mercy that was sent by these prophets, even though their words were harsh. When Abel was talking to Cain, uh, Cain got angry. But the reality was, Abel was trying to save him. Abel was trying to help him. God had already spoken to him directly. Then he sends his prophet, hoping that Cain will listen. Well, Cain did not listen. And when Stephen is being stoned, he said basically the same thing. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And this is the primary purpose of those 12 minor prophets and those five major prophets the primary purpose is to warn the people because God has compassion. 
And when they mock, when they despise, when they scoff, then God's wrath becomes more and more angry because they are not listening. And and they brought on themselves. It's just like in the days of Noah, when Noah was preaching. The people were in terrible sin. And yet, Noah could only get his own family on that ark because they would not listen. Yeah, one side comment I'll just kind of toss out there for our listeners to consider, you know, when we were reading in Jeremiah 7, uh, regarding the exodus, you know, to the present day with Jeremiah, you know, prophesying. At least best we can tell, the Israelites leaving Egypt around 1400 B.C., before Christ, and Jeremiah preaching, yeah, maybe 600 B.C., so you have like a span of like 800 years that God is trying to deal with the Israelites. And time after again, as you said, send them uh, prophets to, to get them to repent. Sometimes they would. Sometimes they'd fall right back in. So uh, a very, as you said, very patient, long-suffering uh, God, you know, 800 years dealing with the Israelites. That's right. And even after they were in Babylon, God sent Daniel. And God sent Ezekiel to help them. Uh, But there's an interesting passage in Ezekiel. I'd like to to just read that on the side. Uh, Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. So even with Ezekiel, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit made his words very pleasant. But when it came to keeping the commands of God, uh, these people would not listen. And there's a, a similar verse in Ezekiel where it states, The house of Israel will not listen to you because they will not listen to me. For the, all the house of Israel is impudent and hard-hearted. This is Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 7. So we have a dialogue, not a direct dialogue between God and his people, but a dialogue through the prophet between God and his people. And so all of these prophets were sent for the specific purpose of getting these people to repent so God could bless them. He did not want to punish them. He did not want to have to do the terrible things that he warned in the book of Deuteronomy when they fell away. And so the purpose, again, our our, our listeners need to realize the purpose of those prophets. When you sit down and read the book of Amos, you're not going to be reading primarily about prophecy for the future. You're going to be reading primarily prophecy for those people. And that's why it's so instructive, because man doesn't change. The same weaknesses, sins, desires, fleshly lusts that existed in the time that led these people away from the law of Moses are exactly the same kinds of things. Second Peter deals with this in chapter 2, where he talks about those who were enlightened and yet they fell away. And he speaks of them using the lust of the flesh to bring this about. So one of the best purposes for reading the Old Testament, especially these prophets, is to come face to face with the things that God doesn't want us to be doing 
and many times we will find examples of our own weaknesses in them and it will be very helpful to us to be reading those uh, those prophets. Yeah, I really appreciate, Alan, your emphasis on the intention, you know, from God to get his people to understand, like, for instance, when they strayed from the faith, that he wanted them to repent. You know, David's a good example of as soon as Nathan brought the sin to his attention, he immediately repented. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, when he was persecuting Christians and Jesus appeared to him, and he came to the knowledge of the fact that he was in error, he immediately repented. However, to your other point, you know, being a prophet was kind of a thankless job in the sense that a lot of them were persecuted and even killed. And I was thinking about, you know, the the uh, lament from Jesus over in Matthew chapter 23, where he says in verse 37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stone those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing And Jesus was sad about that because, as you pointed out, God was simply wanting them to understand, hey, you're not doing what I would like. Here's what I want you to do. And I guess much like all of us can be today, we don't necessarily like being told we're wrong. We don't necessarily like being rebuked. But the the faithful at heart will take it to heart and turn. Others will not, right? And they'll they'll shoot the messenger, as we might say. Yeah, and I'm kind of reminded of what Paul said. Do I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So many times, the desire of a Christian and the desire of someone who loves people is to point out what's coming. The future is not good for those people who don't obey the gospel. And when we proclaim that to them, we run into the same problem. You know, in in Nehemiah, he said, Many years you bore with them and testified against them by thy spirit through the prophets, yet they would not give ear. And so as we look at the world today and we see the response of people to God's words as we are proclaiming them to them through the scriptures, and things haven't changed. They really haven't changed at all. As we wind down on this first podcast, uh, I'd like to just kind of summarize everything that we've said in the uh, in this particular podcast with a passage in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter six, verses four through six. Jeff, you'd like to read that for us, please. Sure. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud and as the dew that goeth early away. Therefore, I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth. And thy judgments are as the light that goes forth. For I desire goodness and not sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. So this passage makes it clear. uh, God loves his people, but his people are very fickle. His people struggle uh, with doing what is right. And for too many, and Jesus made this point in the parable of the sower, that of all the people who hear his word, many of them through persecutions and tribulations fall, while others are falling because of the cares of the world, the desires for other things, and the deceitfulness of riches. And even their goodness is like a morning cloud and as dew that goes early away. 
So God sent these prophets to bring about their salvation. And as he says in verse 6, I, I desire goodness and not sacrifice. There's so many people, even today, who think that they can just sin and live whatever life they want to live, but if they bring enough money to the Lord on the first day of the week, somehow that will cover. And God says, no, I desire goodness more than sacrifice, and I desire the knowledge of God more than all of the burnt offerings that you're bringing to me. And that is an absolute truth that will continue down through the ages. And so as we read the prophets, we too can be rebuked, and we too can be tremendously helped. And that's why Paul said in uh, uh, Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. And so, as I say, as we look at these prophets, beginning with Moses and going all the way through the Old Testament, uh, we are being given an opportunity to enter into the mind of God. These are words that came directly from his mouth. Even though the prophet is the one who wrote them, they are God's words, and we can learn a lot from them. So what we'll see in our next podcast is that Messianic prophecies are a very important part of the prophets for us today, but I don't want us to overlook the fact that all of the prophecy, all of the books in the Old Testament, all of the things that were written are prophecy that will be very beneficial to us. Yeah, very good, Alan. I appreciate you really laying the foundation uh, of what a prophet is. Because I think, as you kind of mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, oftentimes when people think of prophecy, they do think exclusively of things that were predicted, right? Or things that, you know, God said would come to pass. And while that was certainly part of it in a more general sense, I think hopefully everybody understands they were the mouthpiece for God. And as we've also pointed out, just like Jesus, there are at least two occasions I can think of in the New Testament when Jesus was baptized and then when he was transfigured on the mountain where God said, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, hear him. And so I think a good lesson for all of us to learn is that we're not interested in what man has to say per se. Even yourself, Alan, right, as an evangelist, you're simply speaking what the scriptures teach. You don't have a right to introduce something that you think's novel, right, or that we should do. You're simply conveying what the scriptures say. That's exactly right, Brian, because the scriptures are inspired and I'm not. And the scriptures will judge us on the last day. And the words that I speak have no power at all. I fear someone going before God on the judgment day saying, Alan said, and God saying, who's Alan? I sent you my son. You shouldn't be listening to others. Well, and, you know, we make a good point that, uh, you know, nothing new under the sun. You know, sometimes we look back at the Israelites and say, how could they be so, you know, hard-hearted, stiff-necked, constantly falling back into sin? Uh, and yet, you know, we today, you know, have very similar problems. I mean, through the, you know, New Testament, Jesus' words, apostles, prophets, you know, New Testament, you know, that message is, you know, relevant today. And, you know, countless millions, you know, reject, you know, Christianity in general. But even under the canopy of what we might call Christianity, all different kinds of religious groups teaching all different kinds of conflicting things, 
um, many of which are you know, in opposition or in addition to what the Bible says. So, yeah, we have very similar situation today with God trying to reach out to people, you know, including those who claim to be his children, you know, trying to bring them a you know, message of, uh, of repentance and obedience. Excellent points, Jeff. And uh, I hope our listeners will benefit from the podcast today and just getting a clearer understanding of who the prophets were and what their role was. All right, Alan, well, thank you so much. Uh, a lot of great information. Certainly look forward to part two. And uh, before we end the podcast, though, Jeff, let me turn it over to you because uh, I believe we probably have some additional resources, right, that folks can look at on our website. As a matter of fact, we do. So if you go to our website at biblequestions.org, go under the topics uh, menu item or the topics button, uh, look up P, uh, the letter P, scroll down to the topic profits, major and minor. That happens to be kind of a gateway into a multi-part series of web pages uh, that first of all introduces uh, the prophets. It's like a survey, if you will, of the prophets, kind of introduces prophets and then one by one kind of goes through, if I remember correctly, you know, each major and each minor prophet somewhat in a chronological order. So you kind of get a sense of the situation that was going on in the nation of Israel when the prophet shows up, what he says, etc. And then finally ends that particular series looking past the end of the last prophet in the Old Testament to kind of the quiet period in between the Testaments. So it's a it's almost like a combination of if you don't know much about the major minor prophets, it'll give you some in, brief insight on that. Uh, it's also a historically based, so it'll give you insight into the historical sequence of events. So appreciate uh, people uh, taking advantage of that resource. Excellent. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Encourage you to come back uh, for part two on prophecy. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Bible Questions podcast. We invite you to visit our website at biblequestions.org, where you can find over a thousand scripture-filled articles on a wide variety of Bible topics, along with about two dozen free Bible study lessons and other Bible study aids. Plus, you can submit a Bible question to us to get a personal response within a couple of days. Check it all out at biblequestions.org.